Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. And this is the latter part of the NFL season. 
Unfortunately, me being the third guy here, I'm the eyeball out. I probably don't have my team. Well, I, I know my team is again to the postseason, but there's still a threat for at least Mike and Eric for sure. Both of these guys are hanging onto the cliff as best as possible. Eric's situation, well, damn, both of them have unfortunate situations at the quarterback position, both of them. So this is injury bug. Listen, injury bug and the COVID has been ravaging sports, period. But nevertheless, let me get in and out of these situations first and foremost. First, I want to do the NBA scores just to get them out the way. I just want to mention them from the games of yesterday. The Bucks beat the Pelicans 136-113. to 113. Giannis goes off for a triple-double, 35 points, 16 rebounds, and 10 assists. Incredible numbers. The Pistons beat the Spurs at the buzzer, 117 to 116. Hamadou Diallo, former Thunder player, had 34 and 14 in this matchup. The Bulls win their matchup up against the Wizards, 120 to 119. And here goes an interesting situation. The Bulls just won their last game at the buzzer against the Pacers with DeMar DeRozan taking one of the more crazier three-point shots I've ever seen off of one foot and just hoisting it up like a floater. He hits it to win the game. They give him the ball again the next day. He hits a buzzer beater in the corner for three against the Wizards. The Bulls are streaking. (laughs) And the worst part is they're streaking on buzzer beater wins. This may be the characteristic the Bulls need right now to keep going. They got the right pieces there. This is interesting, Chicago. Billy Donovan, I'm mad you left the Thunder. Now you got the Bulls looking good. The next matchup I have are the Los Angeles Clippers. And he's a three-point shooter, which is exciting. And he's a mid-range shooter. Oh, oh, yeah. we, we, I'll, I'll let us spill into that. Hold on, hold on. Let me get through this. Let me get through this. I'll spill into these games as best as possible. Look, this, this is the food. I'm telling you, I'm, I, I'm cooking. I'm cooking. The next one, the shocker and upset of the day. I don't care how people paint this. The Los Angeles Clippers go into the Barclays and beat the Brooklyn Nets 120 to 116, uh, in which James Harden did have a 34, 12 rebound, and 13 assist triple double. Eric Bledsoe put up 27 points in an awkward, you know, effort because I've never seen Eric Bledsoe put this point total up in the past. Let's just say three to five years. He has not scored that much in the game, but um, he did it in the Barclays, no less. I have to give him credit for that. 120 to 116. This is an upset. While um, the Nets are reeling in the wrong direction, especially the way that they lost to the Sixers, now they lose to the Clippers uh, in their building. The next matchup I have are the Nuggets dismantling the Rockets, 124 to 111. Uh, Jalen Green led the Rockets with 29 points, one rebound, one assist. And Campazzo had 22, four rebounds, and 12 assists in the win, and this was in Houston. Um, Houston had a streak going, and now it's, looking like they're going back to themselves. They're 10-27 and 27 on the season. The Nuggets are now two games above 500, where they were struggling to find their identity. Hopefully this continues. The last one, last but not least, the matchup of the night, the Warriors go into Salt Lake and beat the Jazz 123-116. to 116. Steph Curry had a 28-point night with six rebounds and nine assists. Gobert had 20 points, 19 rebounds, and two assists in a losing effort for the Utah Jazz, in which in this Warriors game, they won this but before the game was where the story is. Clay is out there shooting before the game, so they're saying that he's on schedule to come back soon, in which when he was shooting, he had 24 straight threes, and they were screaming, he can't miss, and he sure didn't. So if the Warriors are sitting atop the Western Conference and he's coming back, they're adding another gun, and it's back to old stuff. And the crazy part about it, I was here in another network saying that I don't think the Warriors can win another championship. 
if their defense sticks together, their offense is this powerful now. They add him, and if he fits in, if Kirk can make this work, it's tough. I think they may win the West, and I'm saying that now, and I will have to eat humble pie. So as Mike started alluding to some of the game or one game uh, with the Bulls, if there's anything that you guys would like to jump to, Mike, I'll let you go back first. Uh, if it's any game that we mentioned before or after the Bulls, or if you want to talk about the Bulls situation or DeMar DeRozan, you can. Cool. Thank you. And I, it's just always been said that he's just a, a mid-range shooter, and that's his game. And uh, he does have a rap for being deadly from the mid-range. So for him to hit a couple of threes, as butter, buzzer beaters to close it out. You know, it, it, it was really funny because there were a lot of people that had chances, and I know the Lakers talked to him in the offseason, uh, but there was a lot of conversation about where DeRozan didn't fit and if it was a good play. And this guy has uh, this guy has had a very, very good season so far for the Bulls and really fit that team and that culture. And he's one of the good guys in the game that's played for a good while. So, uh, I'm happy to see him having uh, some success this year. And you've heard me before, uh, TP, I've, I've mentioned Billy Donovan a few times, and I said he could coach, and I even said, like, the one thing that he might have done in Oklahoma City that hurt him was won too many games when they thought they were trying to rebuild. But uh, the last thing that I will say is I 100% agree with you. I think that uh, Golden State has has shown up and been better than – a lot of people thought they would. And if you can add Clay to the mix, um, especially like the way he's shooting, if Clay is even a shadow of his former self defensively, then you know he's going to be a problem for a perimeter player on the defensive end of the court because that was where, as good a shooter as he was, Clay was always a, a very, very good defender. So it'll be interesting to see where he is there. But uh, Golden State is going to be hard to handle right now in the West. Eric, your thoughts about what Mike has mentioned or some of the games that I have mentioned? Um, if you want to mention something else, you can too. Uh, yeah, no doubt, uh, you know, give credit to the Bulls. Uh, you know, they have the potential to be one of the top teams in the East, and they're sure looking like it early on. And then the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, this is why he's a great player. If you look at that roster, he makes everybody around him better. It's him and Draymond Green, the veterans, and then they got a bunch of uh, rookies and youngsters. And uh, Gary Payton, the second, Kelly Oubre Jr., they have both gotten significantly better this year. And, uh, you know, that that is a team that is firing on all cylinders right now. So getting Clay uh, Thompson back in the mix, that's going to be scary for the rest of the West. Yeah, and that, that's the one thing I was worried about because, like, when he shoots his jump shots, he shoots it at the top of his jump, so it's basically at the pinnacle, and he releases, and it's it's water. Like he's hitting that shot. Now the other thing is if he could defend, because they use him up against the tougher guards in the league, uh, the kind of high step. And if if that works, if he's able to still defend and get left and right shuffling, uh, this is a panic for the NBA that Steph is open to do whatever he wants while he's on fire right now. Steph is on fire. Clay comes back after a two-year like layoff dealing with injury, but probably sharp as ever because that's all he worked on was shooting. This is this could be incredible that the, the Warriors could be back in the driver's seat. I, I think this could probably revisit the Lakers situation to try to get ready to start playing better basketball because I, I don't see another team trying to slow them down in the Western Conference. Like I'm really puzzled as I look through the standings in the Western Conference. I mean, the Suns are there. 
I, I really don't buy them. And the Jazz are up there, too, in the top three. And I don't buy them either. No matter how strong they are in the regular season, I don't think it's a situation that uh, Utah can win in the postseason. They struggle at that two-guard position on defense. Um, as much as I love him because he's from the Connecticut area, uh, Donovan Mitchell, if he's wrapped up against like a, a 6'5 or 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, guard, they have the edge on him because they're taller than him. And he didn't get in foul trouble, but you've seen Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have their way in that matchup, and it got bad uh, for the Jazz if they don't get the output that they need outside of his scoring because he can score how he wants. But defensively, they need stops, and it can't just be Gobert doing everything. So that's the one thing about the Jazz. The only other team I see stopping them could be the Lakers, but the Lakers got to get out of their own way. The Clippers have to get Kawhi Leonard back as best as possible, and uh, depending on how bad his injury is with Paul George, because Paul George is expected out for the next three to four weeks. I can't see the Grizzlies stopping the Warriors. The Nuggets may be interesting, but I don't feel like they could beat them in a series. The Clippers may. It depends on when the two come back, man, Kawhi and PG and how they look. And definitely not Dallas. Like, and the guys on the outside looking in the Timberwolves and the Kings. I mean, no, I can't. I can't see that happening. So, uh, I, it's up to you guys. I, I leave it to you guys to see if, what if y'all want to mention, or I could get away from this and get to another topic. Yeah, I think we're good. Timeless. Um, the only threat would would be the Lakers if they get firing on all cylinders. But like you said, and you said it perfectly, they got to get out of their own way. Okay, so I will get moving from that. Um, I do. I would love to pick on them, but I'm gonna leave these guys alone because I feel like I pick on them all the time, and these are my brothers, so I can't, I can't pick on them far too long. So the next thing I have is the bowl season in college football, and man, um, I don't even know how to like describe a lot of this stuff I was going down, but it is very interesting to say the least, um, including some games going the wrong way in Sports City. You know me, and I'm, I'm not gonna hide from it. I mean, I'm human. So I, I like to test the waters, and I had a hell of a parlay going on yesterday, and somebody lost and messed up my parlay, man. So I'm pretty mad because everything landed except that one game. So I will start from let's let's just say I'll start from Thursday. How about that? So there's, there's Wednesday matchups that uh we have where Oklahoma took care of business up against Oregon, 47 to 32. Clemson beat Iowa State by a touchdown, 20 to 13. Uh, Maryland blew out Virginia Tech. I don't know what's going on with Virginia Tech. 54 to 10. The SMU Virginia game was canceled. Thursday we had Michigan State win their matchup up against Pittsburgh, 31 to 21. I was I was watching that game because it was something to watch, but I was actually pretty mad because two of the players that I would like to have seen play in that game sat out due to them going to the NFL and kind of preserving themselves. One being Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pittsburgh, who everybody's highly coveted as one of the top quarterbacks coming out. And Michigan State's running back, Kenneth Walker, I don't blame him because uh, he's a running back and things could go wrong, especially for a running back because the shelf life of a running back is very small. But the way that Coach Tucker did him in that matchup up against Ohio State, I wouldn't try to put him in, you know, or put myself in that situation when he didn't want me to win the Heisman. That guy had the Heisman bagged up, and they lost that game big against Ohio State, and they, they basically lost him the, the shot at that trophy, at least for me. Um, that's just to say the least bit with that one, and that's how I feel about that matchup. Then we have more that took place. Um, 
South Carolina beats North Carolina 38 to 21. Um, Sam Howell just declared to go to the NFL. He's foregoing the remainder of his career in North Carolina. This was a shock for me because North Carolina, I, I felt like they could beat South Carolina. A uh, stunning effort by the Gamecocks, nevertheless, to win this matchup by three possessions. The next matchup I have is Purdue stunning Tennessee in overtime, 48 to 45. Wisconsin wins their matchup up against Arizona State, 20 to 13. Going into Friday, Alabama handles business up against Cincinnati, and I am pretty mad about this one. But Alabama wins this because they overpower Cincinnati, 27 to six. The reason why I'm mad, and people would disagree with me, I could be on this island alone or be paddling in this boat. However, Cincinnati went undefeated and did not move up for the past three or four weeks just based off of their schedule. If if this is a problem, then start rearranging games in the middle of the season. Like put somebody else there. If there's a, a lesser quality opponent, then make the schedule tougher. Switch it, you know, because they're sitting there still winning games. People are leapfrogging them why they shouldn't, or people are losing games, and they should have been higher. Um, Michigan lost a game earlier in the season. They beat Ohio State. They moved from, like, 10 to number two in the nation because they finally eclipsed a losing streak that was on them for, I want to say, the better part of seven or eight years, like, That's the one thing that had me baffled. But nevertheless, this is what America wanted to see. This is how I feel. This is how it went. Alabama wins their matchup 27-6. And Georgia wins their matchup against Michigan 34-11, in which Michigan was outmatched too. It was better off trying to see Michigan and Cincinnati play and have Alabama and Georgia go at it, then see a national championship go at it. Not, oh, let's just see the SEC-ridden championship game and have them revisit the two of bomb to Devontae Smith from a year, a few years ago. Like, come on, like, give Cincinnati a chance. But that's all lost. All of those guys out of Cincinnati are gone. Uh, Michigan's going to be losing a, a great deal of players as well. And me being a Lion fan, they were saying that guy uh, Thibodeau, the defensive end out of Oregon, or Aiden Hutchinson were guys that the Lions are interested in. I'm not e- interested in either of them. They both basically were shut out in both of their games, both of them. I, I don't want them, if they're struggling in college, to come in the NFL and deal with some big house tackles, especially in the NFC North. I don't, and this is me doing this personally. I, I have to to mention that. Um, the remainder of the games uh, through this weekend: Wake Forest beats Rutgers thirty-eight to ten. Central Michigan beats Washington State twenty-four to twenty-one. Uh, Saturday, we and this is where I said this is a team that messed me up. Uh, Oklahoma State. Outlast Notre Dame, 37 to 35 in their bowl game, in which this was the last leg of my parlay. And Notre Dame loses. Um, the crazy part about this is, is uh, Oklahoma State actually fumbled late. Notre Dame couldn't move the ball, and um, Oklahoma State ends up getting the ball back, kicking a field goal, making it a nine-point game. Notre Dame drives all the way downfield to score the touchdown. They need to get the onside, and they couldn't. So it was like a lot of the football that they needed to play came late. The next matchup I have is Ohio State outlasting Utah, 48-45. to People, if you did not hear or watch this game, you you had to be doing something interesting. This game was a barn burner, a slugfest, a fight. However you want, nobody could stop anybody. Um, the receivers, Smith and Jigba, set an NFL, uh, NCAA record, excuse me, of 347 yards receiving in a bowl game. He had 15 receptions and three touchdowns. 
Also on the other side of the field, Marvin Harrison Jr., the son of Marvin Harrison, had three touchdowns as well. C.J. Stroud, I think, brought next year or in two years, it depends on when he comes out of college, he's going to be a strong candidate to be a first-round pick at the quarterback position. He puts up 573 yards passing and six touchdowns. That Rose Bowl history went down yesterday. Utah was giving them an incredible fight. I do not want to take anything away from the Utes. Their quarterback got knocked out due to a concussion, his head hitting the ground in in, in an unfortunate situation. And a lot of things changed at that moment, but Utah still kept striving to make this a game. But this was Ohio State's day, 48-45, winning by a field goal with seconds left on the clock. The next matchup was Baylor going up against Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral got knocked out uh, due to a leg injury. Um, Ole Miss scored a touchdown uh, in the third quarter, and after that, Baylor kind of turned it back on in the fourth quarter and, and kept them at bay. 21-7 winning this matchup. Uh, overpowering Ole Miss without their star quarterback. Kentucky wins their matchup up against Iowa 20-17. to This is the one beat that I have against Iowa. It's like they have incredible seasons year after year, probably no more than four or five losses a season, and start losing in December and January. I, I, don't, I don't respect that. Start putting stronger teams in front of Iowa so I can respect it so they can close out the season and win a Big Ten championship and be in contention to be in college football playoffs. Um, we also have the matchup up against Arkansas, uh, bullying Penn State 24-10, to 10, uh, SEC matchup up against a Big Ten. We have a matchup with LSU at Kansas State coming up Tuesday, and the national championship will be played next Monday. Um, Rose of mine, I'll start with you first, Mike. Uh, any of these games that caught your attention that you would like to discuss? Yeah, so a couple things. And that Rose Bowl game, there was something like five touchdowns in three minutes and 40 seconds of game action. And four of the five went for more than 50 yards, which is pretty incredible uh, just to see kind of how that unfolded. The other thing I want to say is I want to speak a little bit on the on the playoff piece on your part of Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I, I've heard a lot of chatter, and some people say this is an indictment on – uh, these non-Power 5 schools. And I am I just want to say really quick, Sports City and anybody listening, get off of that. Cincinnati deserved to be there. Maybe they should have been higher, like Timus said. But if you go back and look, look at what uh, Oklahoma has done the last few years in the playoffs and look at the scores of their games. Look at what happened to Clemson the year they had Kelly Bryant at quarterback. Look at what happened to Michigan State when they were in the top four and what their score was. Look at and nobody considered any of these games an indictment on those conferences and tried to rule out a power five team because of these blowouts. Right? So what I would say is get off Cincinnati. They had undefeated regular season. They deserve to be there and maybe higher. But that when they got there they did not. They did not perform any less adequately than a lot of other number four seeds. Now, one year I think Ohio State, the first year, won the playoff from the number four spot. But my point is, get off it. Cincinnati deserved to be there, and I'm good on them. Nice season for Luke Fickle and the Bearcats. I wish you'd had a different opponent or a little bit different ending. But yeah, everybody get off Cincinnati. Uh, the only other thing that I will say is 
there have been a couple of times this year where Alabama has uh, looked human against LSU, against the lost A&M, and, and my colleague from the mountain region has said multiple times that maybe they're not that good, maybe they shouldn't be there. Uh, you know, don't count out Nick Saban and his bunch being able to write the chip and get everything together late in the season. That that SEC schedule is a tough grind, and there are definitely times that they underperform. But at the end of the season, when the chips were down, the first Saturday in December, and then at the end of the month come playoff time, Nick Saban does what Nick Saban does, and Alabama showed up and uh, and definitely looked like one of the best teams in the country and deserving of that spot in the national championship game. Okay, Eric, anything that you'd like to add to any of the games that I mentioned or the way that the college playoffs are going down and how we're set up for another Georgia-Alabama national championship game? Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, the thing with that Cincinnati game, their defense held them in that game all game long. Their defense played great. Uh, their offense can get anything going. If their offense was on fire, that game could end it differently, even with Alabama putting up 27 points. Cincinnati just could not get their offense going. They were having passes tipped constantly, and, you know, they, they mm-hmm. couldn't stop them on, you know, they couldn't stop the defense rushing in, and they couldn't adjust to it. But hats off to them. Uh, it was a better game to watch than that Georgia-Michigan game, I'll tell you that. Michigan Ooh. just got steamrolled. So I mean, it, I mean that was just uh, shellacking. So even though they ended up with a consolation touchdown at the end, a uh, big deal. They got blown out of the water. So nonetheless, the two teams uh, are deserving to be there, Georgia and Alabama. I think uh, if Georgia plays like they did against Michigan, they have a chance. Otherwise, it's just going to end the same as the SEC championship did. But uh, nonetheless, hats off to Cincinnati for a great year. And that Rose Bowl game was phenomenal. I mean, that was one of the most entertaining games I watched. So, I mean, no defense at all, great offense. And the Jigma and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Stroud, what a game by those three performers. And don't get me wrong, I agree with Go ahead. No, you go first. I I just want to get one other thing in after you go. Don't get me wrong. I agree with Eric a thousand percent. I love that game, and I love defense. Don't get me wrong. I love defense. But the way that was going down, it was like when I first saw this game, I'm thinking Ohio State's going to kill Utah. I'm like, like Utah shouldn't be able to stay on the field with them. Utah made this the game had to lead 35-21 at halftime. I'm like, holy crap. Like, what is going on? And, and for Ohio State to still fight through all of that and for C.J. Stroud to have the game, I don't even know who to give more credit to, Smith and Jigbo or – C.J. Stroud or just both of them because those are gaudy numbers for a Rose Bowl game to go down. I have to give credit to that. Um, that Michigan situation, I'm 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 gonna say the Sports City, and I may lose credibility. People may get mad at me. So what? This season right here with Michigan, what they did this year, I feel like is a fly by night situation. I want to see what Harbaugh looks like after this season. They put so much into him beating Ohio State that they look like themselves in this playoff game and didn't even look like they should have been on the field. They couldn't run like they wanted to. They stressed to try to pass the ball. They had so many different drops in that game. 
they they were outmatched by a team that was looking like all they had was defense. And this is the worst part about this. This is why I'm not hyped about Hutchinson. Y'all made Stetson Bennett look like an All-American. He was making passes like he wanted to. Like, he struggled all season long playing um, quarterback passing. And you guys let him get every pass off that he wanted to. Bowers scored a touchdown early. I was like, it's, it's going to be a long night for Michigan. And it sure did stand true to the way that I said it. I'm I'm not thrilled with Michigan uh, looking forward, especially with them losing Hutchinson. With, how do they retool? Especially with him supposed to be bringing the pass rush and trying to go after the quarterback that struggled all season long. Like, I'm not buying that. This is a fly-by-night situation for Harbaugh to save face for him to not get fired. Because he's supposed to be fired before this season started. They gave him the extension, and it worked out for this season. And they finished the season with, what, two losses. And this is the second loss. But no, I'm not I'm not buying it. I want to see you get them to a championship, win this. Because you are the one that keeps falling short, whether it was you in Stanford, whether it was you in San Francisco getting to a Super Bowl. Hold on, let me do it right getting to an NFC championship and having a couple fumbles not go your way and Kyle Williams receiving death threats, and you fought through that with San Francisco. My brother here and my real-life brother are both 49er fans, so I had to discuss this left and right. Eric could contest for that. And then you get to a Super Bowl and throw a jump ball to Crabtree, and you have Randy Moss, the most jump ball receiver we've ever seen. I get the ball. He's wide open in the end zone. Wide open in the end zone. Like, and then you get to another NFC championship and throw another jump ball to Crabtree that gets broken up by Richard Sherman. You leave football, well, you leave the NFL to go to college, and it don't look like you're ready for the college ring. And then they save you this season because you didn't do anything with Michigan, and again, you fall short again when the lights are on. Hardball, I put pressure on you. I know they gave you the extension for you not to worry about anything, but enough is enough. You couldn't do it with Andrew Luck. You couldn't do it with Kaepernick. You can't, you couldn't do it with all of the quarterbacks that just came to Michigan. Enough is enough, and I don't I don't see you dominating Ohio State next year. I I, I really don't. I don't I don't see that happening with you guys going to the shoe. I think it go right back in Ohio State favor, especially with these numbers that we just seen. Marvin Harrison Jr.'s son is a a, a youngin, like he's a sophomore freshman. It's uh, Smith and Jigma's a sophomore. Stroud is a freshman. Like your hands are full next year, full. Uh, huh. You guys beat Ohio State. I'll give you the credit you need. This this is one one season they gave you. That's one season they gave you. The Cincinnati situation, I feel bad because Fickle did as much as he could with his team, um, but they were outmatched. They, I, I don't think they deserve that. I don't think they deserve that. But nevertheless, <laughs> money sells, man. Money is everything. I think a lot of people would rather see Georgia, Alabama, especially the way that that game went down. And Alabama clearly won that game, but now Alabama's down without their key receiver and Michi. We'll see how it looks in the rematch in Indianapolis. Mike, I know there was something else that you would like to add to the situation. Yeah, so a couple things. I, I do think even though maybe it didn't fall the way you thought it should bracket-wise, I think that we are going to get the two best teams in the country play for the national championship, which is all you can really ask for. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine from Ohio State yesterday, and what I said to him was two things. A, Jim Harbaugh should be on his knees every night thanking God for the weather the day of that Ohio State-Michigan game because uh, the weather was such that if you could run the ball, it was going to be difficult to pass. Um, If you could run the ball, you were able to win. He put together a game plan, and they were able to uh, come out victorious that day. But let's be clear, the Ohio State Buckeyes were the only team, in my opinion, in the Big Ten 
that seriously had the ability to challenge for a national championship. They played a tough schedule uh, in that they played Oregon early in the season when Stroud still hadn't really settled in. It takes a little while to break in a new quarterback and for him to really get comfortable. And, listen, we just saw what Oregon did in their bowl game, and, of course, they've had some coaching turnover and that kind of thing. But that game ended up hurting Ohio State a lot more than it helped Oregon, considering that Oregon dropped a couple other games. We talked about this earlier in the season, that if Oregon had been able to win out or have one loss, that victory over Ohio State would proved to be really big for them, but they couldn't take care of business the rest of the season. So it ended up being a detriment to Ohio State more than a benefit to Oregon. Uh, that being said, like I said, Ohio State's the only Big Ten team, in my opinion, that could have contended for a championship. They got caught up by Michigan, but Michigan definitely has not passed Ohio State. I agree with everything that you said there. Uh, Shout out to uh, even some teams from the AAC have had decent bowl seasons. But real quick, man, I just want to give a quick shout out to the Arkansas Razorbacks and Sam Pittman. Listen, like he was hired, he was the offensive line coach at Georgia. When he got hired, he's an Arkansas native. He's done a really good job with that program. They beat both of the Texas schools this year during the season. We're a physical bunch and hard to handle at times. Um of course, they got my Tigers this year and were able to get the boot back for the first time in a while. But this is a team that just a couple of years ago was winless in the Southeastern Conference. And so sometimes the right guy is a guy that a lot of people don't really notice or pay attention to. Penn State's supposed to be big time in the Big Ten. Obviously, they lost a few games this year. Um, but to me, that's the other coach that I look at um, – and say, James Franklin, you got something to prove to me. You just got an extension again this year because your name was thrown into some other uh, uh, coaching vacancies, rumors or rumors about being, you know, uh, your name was thrown into the mix for, for other coaching jobs. So you got another extension this year. I want to see what you can do with that. But to me, uh, Jim Harbaugh and James Franklin both, have a lot to prove to me still moving forward in the big time. Eric, is there anything that you'd like to add to what he said? No, I, I agree with it 100%. So, uh, you know, it was shocking that because Ohio State would have definitely been in the playoff picture had they beaten Michigan. And, uh, you know, we we could be having an Alabama-Ohio State national championship this team is that good, and we saw what their offense is capable of, you know, yesterday. So, but yeah, we're, we're good. All right, so we will get into the week 17, am I correct? Week 17 situation, yep, because week 18 is next week. Um, I do got to save a lot of this stuff for this upcoming week because of, you know, the cookout, and then we'll be spilling into a lot of stuff. And also the brunch, too, we could spill into the national championship next Sunday, too, because the national championship is next Monday uh, in Indianapolis. But nevertheless, we are here, and the season is about to come to an end for at least myself. These two still have hope. So that's the unfortunate situation, and I envy them right now. So I'm mad, and I'm gritting my teeth. So the first game we have on schedule 
The Falcons are going to Western New York to play the Buffalo Bills. I will come to you first on this one, Eric. Who do you like in this matchup, the Falcons or the Bills, and why? Uh, I like the Bills. Uh, they're fighting for uh, the East Championship right now, so uh, I think they're going to go out and handle business, and it's going to be a long day for the Atlanta Falcons. Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Atlanta or Buffalo, and why? Real quick, before I pick this game, shout out to you, Timeless. You called it last week when, I said, uh, when you said that the Buffalo Bills would take care of business against the New England Patriots. Uh, once again, weather didn't allow them to the game before, uh, but they played better and asserted themselves as legitimate contenders in that Eastern Division and showed Belichick that he's not just going to reign without a fight in that division. So I think uh, they definitely are playing a lesser opponent this week and they take care of business. And the Buffalo Bills circle the wagons in western New York. We have a unanimous decision. I'm going with the Bills, too. I think the Falcons will keep this interesting. The spread is at 14-and-a-half. I think that's a lot of points, but I think the Falcons will lose this game. If, if I were to take the points, I would go with the Falcons with that one. I don't think it's that bad with Matt Ryan, even though – he almost lost that game to the Lions last week. I feel like he could get into this game and shoot out with the Bills, but I think the Bills will still win the matchup. The next game I have is a very interesting one. The 4-11 and 11 Giants go to the 5-10 and 10 Bears in Soldier Field. I will come to you first on this one, Mike. Who do you like in this matchup, Giants or Bears, and why? Well, usually when you have two teams that are pretty bad, um, you kind of got to go with the home team. Both teams kind of ravaged the COVID. The Giants, I think they got one active, like one of their starting receivers in the field this week. So I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. But I will say I would be surprised if either one of these coaches have a job come back Monday. And I guess that's only eight days away now, right? So, uh, and listen, if um, I will say this, though. If the Giants – win this game. They are going to go ahead and tell Pat Nagy to pack his stuff up. We'll give you boxes, and we're going to have security escort you to your car never to return again. Okay, Eric, who do you like in this matchup? Big Blue or the Bears in this matchup in Soldier? Uh, absolutely, the Bears. Um, you know, just like uh, Mike just said, the Giants are, have been injury-ridden by COVID and injuries, and uh, the Bears are coming off an impressive comeback win against the Seahawks. They're at home, and, yeah, Nagy's fighting for his job. So uh, I agree with you 100% there. If he loses today, hit the road. So Bears for sure. I still even think with the win, Nagy's in trouble. I'm going with the Bears in this building and I still think Nagy's, and I don't think him beating the Giants saves his life anyway. I think that a lot of people in that Illinois region, Midwest, are actually up in arms with him. He has not really changed much out there. Uh, you have a quarterback uh, that you had starting before the guy that you're trying to run with with Fields. you got a receiver in Allen Robinson that's ready to leave, and you have him out there basically playing like he could care less. There's a lot of dismay going on in Chicago. I still feel that they can actually win this game. I feel like their defense may be a little bit stronger than what before what happened before, but this is the game 
and same scene of the crime that Saquon Barkley tore his knee up and missed the remainder of the season. I want to see how Saquon's output matches this game this time. The next matchup is a very interesting one. Um, the 11-4 and four, streaking like crazy. Kansas City Chiefs go up against the 9-6 and six Bengals who are trying to hang on and win the AFC North. This is very interesting. It takes place in Cincinnati. The Chiefs are favored, uh, in, or are favored in Kansas City with three and a half points being given to the Cincinnati Bengals. I will go first. I'm going to go with the Bengals to get the upset at home. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Um, the Chiefs have to be stopped. I mean, this streak is incredible, but the Bengals have to win this game. I think it happened. This may be a Vegas setup. That over-under is in jeopardy. That 51 is a heavy amount of points. I mean, well, a low amount of points for the heavy amount of points that these two teams are going to put up. I say the over for that 51. And you guys don't have to go that route. But uh, I think the Bengals win this game outright. This is definitely an interesting trap game. I'm going to flow with Vegas on this one. I'm going Bengals. Um, Eric, I'll come to you next. Chiefs or Bengals, who do you like in this matchup and why? Uh, I agree with you, Timeless. This is one of my upset picks of the week. Uh, Joe Burrow's coming off that career game, uh, 525 yards, four touchdowns, and uh, they just got too much, I think, for Kansas City to handle right now. Uh, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow, I think they're going to come out firing. And, yeah, the Chiefs have been on an impressive streak, but like we know, all streaks come to an end, and I think it comes to the end today in Cincinnati. Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Chiefs or Bengals, and why? So I want to start here by saying, like, Joe Burrow is definitely on an upward trajectory, I think. Uh, 525 yards last week. That's some serious numbers. And you guys remember, this is his second season, and he didn't even have a full first year. So uh, this guy's doing some special things, and I think we'll continue to for Cincinnati. Um, This is the best uh, quarterback that Cincinnati has had in a long, long time. And then you add uh, the young dynamic receiver to that group, and I think there are some definitely some bright days uh, moving forward in the Queen City there. And I'm very curious to see how the Chiefs' defense handles that Bengals' offense today. That being said, the last time that the Bengals put it on the Ravens, they struggled the next couple of weeks, and it's almost like. They weren't quite sure how to handle the pace of success. I think that's the next lesson for a young franchise, uh, for a franchise that's, uh, that's got young players and they're still learning how to win. And we'll find out today if they've been able to learn that lesson yet. I'm going to say not quite, um, but I do think this team's still a problem moving forward for the rest of this year, and we'll see what happens. Um, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs go in and win today. Okay, well, Mike is on the outside looking in. How about that? So where Mike is at now, they are going up against the Tennessee Titans. The Miami Dolphins are headed to Tennessee and Nashville to play up against the Ryan Tannehill Titans, and this is the revisit game. This is the team that traded Tannehill Uh Oh, and this is the crazy part, right? 
the Dolphins can save themselves by winning this game. I think they can get a playoff spot if they get the win. If I'm saying this correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong, fellas. Please get on me if I'm doing this wrong. The Titans are trying to hang on, well, definitely to the AFC South for sure, in which I just received a report this morning, which makes me very, very mad, but this is an uplifting situation for the Tennessee Titans. They said that Derrick Henry is working his way to coming back and I need him for fantasy today as I'm in a Las Vegas fantasy football league, and he was my guy, <laughs> and I need him right now. And it's like, man, heal up for it. Like, get back in the roster now. But nevertheless, I got to go to war. Fingers crossed I get to bring this thing back to Connecticut and steal it from the Valley. But I want to see how you guys go about this one. I'll save Mike for last. Eric, you'll go first. The Dolphins in Tennessee up against the Titans. Both of these teams need the game. The Titans are favored by three. The over-under is at 41. They think this is a defensive battle. How do you feel about this game? Uh, Yeah, I I definitely think the Dolphins can go in and win this one. They're going to need to get a lot out of Tua. He's going to have to have a really good game for that to happen. But I'm going with the home team with the slight edge in Tennessee today. Man, this is so tough. Um, As much as I want to say the Dolphins, I can do it. I'm going to go with the Dolphins to win this game in Tennessee, shock everybody, put pressure on Tennessee to have to win that in last game in week 18. This is very close. Tua has to do something today. This 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 is a game where we could not expect at the beginning of the season where the Dolphins could be a threat to make the playoffs, and they can do this. So this is a game that I feel like the Dolphins have to be charged up. Flores has to be the guy that they thought that they got out of New England to be that guy. I'm going to Dolphins for the upset. I'm I'm upset city for the new year. I, I want to do that. How about that? Mike, you're in Miami. Give me your thoughts. Dolphins or Titans in Nashville? Who do you like and why? Am I correct in saying A.J. Brown is uh, on the field today as well? I know he was back last yes, week. He was available again today. Yes, he's back. Okay. Then – Kind of like you guys said earlier about all good streaks must come to an end. I think this seven-game winning streak for the Miami Dolphins finally comes to an end today. And they lose to the Tennessee Titans. However, uh, you know, I've said before, and he proved me to be right a few different times throughout the year, uh, be on the lookout because Ryan Tannehill may Ryan Tannehill. And if that's the case, then the streak will continue and you will be right, Simon. But I'm going to go with uh, the home-standing Titans today. Okay. Well, here I go all alone on this mountain. Let's go. The next matchup we have are the Las Vegas Raiders going to Indy to play up against the Colts, in which, as of last night coming into this morning, Carson Wentz has cleared protocol of the COVID-19 situation. He is cleared to play. He will be playing in this matchup. Mike, I'll come right back to you. Who do you like in this match with uh, Derek Carr or Carson Wentz and company? The Raiders haven't done enough to show me that they can win against a serious playoff contender. Um, They beat uh, a Cleveland Browns team who had, what, Nick Mullins or somebody at quarterback, and they were just trying to do, you know, best they could to try to I get somebody to take snaps, and then they lost to a – I mean, they beat a Denver team with Drew Locke as quarterback. 
which I don't think I need to say much more about that. And they were not really that impressive in either of those wins. I think Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts uh, send the Raiders back to uh, Vegas. Rolling Snake Eyes. Eric, who do you like in this matchup, Las Vegas or Indy, and why? Uh, I also agree. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to run wild today and end the Raiders' playoff hopes. By the way, with you saying that, he is 374 yards from 2,000. How do I balance that out? So he needs like a buck 85 each game. This game could potentially have it. I don't want to jinx them by putting those numbers out on them, but it could potentially happen. And uh, other networks that we're a part of, we have something going on to see if Jonathan Taylor can or cannot get 2,000. I want to see him do it, and these last two games are going to be incredible if he does, especially if the Colts need these games. He's going to have to go crazy. Uh, and nevertheless, the Colts are favored by six. I'm going with the Colts to win this game. I think they cover the six as well. The over-under is at 46.5. I know the Raiders are going to be heavy on Hunter Renfro, but Derek Carr is going to need more than just Renfro to keep winning these games. Uh, they're still in the hunt. I can't take too much away from the Raiders from all that they've gone through this season, from coach, cornerback, injuries, so on and so forth, but I'm still going to go with the Colts to get this done. The next matchup I have are the Jacksonville Jaguars flying to the New England region, a.k.a. Massachusetts, to play the New England Patriots. In Foxborough, um, the Jags are sitting at 2-13, and 0-7 on the road. The Patriots are 9-6, and 6, fighting for the AFC East and trying to stay in this playoff picture. I will go first. Patriots win. The spread is at 16-and-a-half. Vegas, I don't know what you're up to, but I am following you. <laughs> that means it's a blowout. I, I, I don't really like the points big like that, but I think Belichick is going to take away their strongest piece, and at this point, I think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence with Robinson out with the torn Achilles, so uh, they're going to threaten that passing game, and this basically goes into the arms of the Patriots. I want to see how you guys feel about this one. Um, Eric, I'll come to you. Your thoughts on this one? Jaguars, the Patriots, and Gillette. Yeah, I think, the uh, you know, coming off that tough loss against the Bills, uh, this is going to be a rebound game for the Patriots, and uh, with Robinson being out, the Jaguars don't really have too much to offer, and I do think they cover the spread. And that's him. He with me with 16 and a half. Lord. Okay, Mike, how do you feel about this one? If you want to jump into the spread, you can. It's 16 and a half in favor of New England. Jaguars, Patriots, and Gillette, who do you like and why? Well, first of all, I would like to say, Trevor. somebody please like, go ahead and Sports City, everybody out there, anybody concerned, go ahead, please send some prayers up for Mr. Trevor Lawrence right now because he's going to have a tough, <laughs> tough, tough day. I mean, think about, like, all those – remember the infamous, like, we're on to Cincinnati after the Patriots lost that game and then they came out the next week and just put it on the Bengals, right? Like, this is a get-right game for the Patriots, kind of tune up a little bit going into the playoffs, they'll do some things to kind of uh, – I think they'll open it up a little bit in the passing game some today. I don't think that Jacksonville can stop them running the ball either. I think New England does whatever they want to on offense, and I think that defense really harasses Trevor Lawrence. And my my prayers up for Trevor Lawrence, let's be specific. 
I'm going to pray for his health, and I'm going to pray that he doesn't see too many ghosts today in Foxborough because um, we've seen the uh, what kind of effect that can have on some people's careers. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I expect the uh, Patriots to get right today. And you're right, that's a lot of points, and I don't like to bet with that many points, but if I had to pick, I would go with you guys and say they probably cover that. Damn, I thought I was going to be all alone on that one. All three of them jumped in the ship with me. Okay. Well, well, the two of them, the three of us. Jeez, they said 17, 17 is there. Okay, well, I go from one massacre <laughs> to another massacre. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming to MetLife Stadium to play the New York Jets. The spread is at 14. I just got word while we were doing the show that Antonio Brown is cleared to play. As they said that he was struggling to get uh, together for the game, but he is coming to play. I will go to you first on this one, Mike. The Buccaneers in New York up against Zach Wilson and the Jets. The spread is at 14. The over-under is at 47.5. How do you feel this goes down? I like Tampa, but I'm not sure that it goes over. I could see a 31-14 to 14 or 34-10 kind of game. Um, I think Tampa wins this game. I think they cover 14. Okay, Mike, how do you feel? I mean, Eric, excuse me. Eric, how do you feel about this game? Buccaneers, Jets, the spread is at 14. The over-under is at 47-and-a-half. How do you feel this goes down and why? Yeah, I agree with Mike here for sure. Uh, I think they do cover this spread, and uh, it's going to be a long day for the Jets. Okay, I agree. I'm going with the Bucks. I, As bad as I want to see this done, and I have actually a big problem too, um, I think the Bucks don't cover. I think they win the game. The 14 is a little sketchy for me with a lot of the pieces that they're missing um, in which it's it, it just dynamic that Brady is still able to get this done with the pieces that he does have. Um, hopefully Le'Veon Bell knows more of this offense to get started in the running game to help them out because they're missing so many pieces in the running game, but I, you know, it's just weird, and it's, again, Tom Brady's at an 11 and four season. He could finish right now at 12 and four, and depending on how Week 18 pans out, this would be an incredible situation in feet. I don't think they cover, but I think that 47 and a half is in jeopardy. I feel like the Jets will make it an interesting game, but we'll see. The next matchup I have are the Philadelphia Eagles going to Maryland to play the Washington Football Team. The Eagles are favored by six. The over/unders at 44 and a half. I will go first on this one. I think the Eagles win this one. I think they cover the six. Um, and I think the under is here because Washington is uh, dealing with so much, especially with a lot of the team being ravaged by the uh, protocol situation. Uh, I think it's an under, and I'm going with the Eagles. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you on no, no, I'll go Eric. Eric, your thoughts on this one. Eagles football team, who do you like and why the spreads at six? Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles get it done today. They're fighting for their playoff lives, and this is a a, a good game for them to continue their quest to get that done. I think Jalen Hurts has a big game today, and uh, the Eagles roll and definitely cover the six. Mike, your thoughts on this game? Eagles, football team, who do you like and why? Well, for... I don't know, the third or fourth straight game. I think we're all in the ship together. 
except for I think you had uh, you opposite us on the cover in the last game. But I, listen, I think the Eagles, that offensive line has really stepped up and played well as the season has gone on. I think that uh, they found something with Jalen Hurts in the rushing game. I still think he can make enough plays with his arm that will continue to improve. Uh, but especially when I look at how bad this Washington football team looked just one week ago, um, it's hard for me to believe that I understand that each week is different in the NFL, but it's hard for me to believe that the Eagles can't cover six today against Washington. So I'll take the Eagles and the points. And, Eric, you went on this game, right? We got you Eagles-Washington, right? We're good, right? Yep, yep, Eagles covering. Okay, I think I said Eagles also. So he said we all went on the same team. Okay, so we're following suit. The Rams visit the Ravens in Baltimore. There is no Lamar Jackson. I will go to Mike first on this one. Rams or Ravens, the spread is at six and a half in favor of the Rams. I think it's fair that Lamar Jackson. Now, shout out to Tyler Huntley. He has played pretty well in the absence of uh, Lamar Jackson. I think we'll continue to get maybe some looks either there as a continued backup, but I think he's done some things to at least solidify his status uh, in this league for a little while. But without Superman, who you've already asked to do too much, even though they have some talented pieces on that team, I think this Rams team is starting to find a little bit of its stride. I think this team needs a road win. I think the confidence is moving forward because they're going to have to go on the road to in the playoffs. And, you know, we'll be interested to see if, if they can do anything uh, moving forward. But I think they do go into Baltimore and win today. And uh, the Rams will fly back across country with the win under their belt. Eric, who do you like in this matchup, Rams or Ravens, in Baltimore, and why? Uh, I also like the Rams here. Uh, you know, even with Stafford uh, throwing three interceptions last week, they still found a way to win by one score. Uh, so I, I think they get it done. I think uh, Stafford writes the ship and has a little bit better performance. Cooper Cup, Sonny Michelle, I think are going to have pretty big days for the Rams, and the Rams are going to uh, continue their quest for that number one spot in the uh, NFC. I agree. I'm going with the Rams. I think they cover the six and a half, but here's the crazy part. If the Ravens win this game, I cannot give Stafford any credit for what he's done this season or ever again because this is a game that he has to win and prove that he could beat a team with a winning record. If the Ravens lose, they'll be 500 and be looking on the outside of being under 500, and you can't give him credit for winning this game because he's struggling against teams that win in comparison to teams that are losing. And that's not his fault, but this is the scenario that's set in front of him. So there's pressure on Stafford, whether he likes it or not. And he's over in his career against the Ravens, if I do have this correct. I don't think he's ever won in Detroit up against the Ravens. This could be redemption rule for him in Baltimore. I'm going Rams, though. Um, but And I think they cover the first of the four o'clock games come down, and this is the Broncos up against the Chargers. This is taking place in SoFi in Los Angeles. Uh, Eric, who do you like first, uh, your home team, the Broncos, or the Chargers from your old stomping ground? 
Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Chargers here. Uh, you know, they've been playing pretty inconsistent in the last three weeks. I think they right the ship. They're fighting for a playoff spot as well. And I think Justin Herbert goes into Denver and gets a win today. I will go next. I'm going Chargers as well. That seven and a half is in jeopardy. I think the Chargers cover that as well. Um, the under is here. It's at 45 and a half. I, I think the Chargers defense wakes up and goes crazy on this Broncos team. I, I think the quarterback situation is in jeopardy while Bridgewater is not starting. Um, there's a lot of cons going up against the Broncos, so I'm going Chargers. Mike, your thoughts on this game, the Broncos and Chargers, division rivalry in SoFi? Two words for you, Drew Locke. So I agree. I think that uh, the Chargers win this game. I think that they cover seven. I think I could see this game going under because I don't know that I can see Denver putting up more than – I don't see Denver eclipsing 13, 14 points in this game unless that defense forces some turnovers or something crazy like that happens. So uh, I think the Chargers win today. I think they cover, and I agree with you on the under. Okay, Mike, I'm coming right back to you. The Texans or the 49ers takes place in Santa Clara. The spread is at 30. There's a lot of blowouts today. This is set at 13. The over-under is at 44. Um, the Niners are without Garoppolo. Trey Lance finally gets the start that a lot of people waited for. But to me, Garoppolo's done a great job. I feel bad that this is happening to him at an unfortunate time. But the Niners' offense is still sharp. Uh, I, I wonder if they could keep it together. Who do you like in this matchup, Texans or Niners in Cali? I agree with you uh, that Garoppolo has overperformed this season and has really uh, done a nice job managing things for that team. I think if you're going to have to have a change at the quarterback position due to injuries and whatever else, um, you could not have picked a softer landing or pillow um, for Trey Lance to land on as far as being able to match up against the Houston Texans. I think this is a team that, as we've talked, we, we their struggles have been well documented on all of our sports city shows. Uh, so I think this is the game for Trey Lance to be able to show a little bit of what he can do in that from that quarterback position and give this uh, fan base and this team confidence in him as they move forward and get into the playoffs. And I'm telling you right now, the way San Francisco can run the ball and as physical as this team can be, this is a bad first weekend matchup for anybody that they play in the playoffs. I think San Francisco shows you why they are going to at least uh, keep some coaches up at night game planning in a couple of weeks today. Okay. Eric will go last on this. I'm going to go Niners to win this one. I am really going to be watching this closely because I do want to see how Trey Lance does look uh, in spite of everything that's being pressured on him while they are in position to still be a threat to get to the playoffs. I want to see if Trey Lance can play this type of football in January. Eric, your thoughts? These are your boys up against the Texans. The Texans have had some upsets up their sleeve. Do they upset you guys or not? Uh, I don't I don't think they uh, get the upset today. They're going against a very physical defense, and then they got a lot of weapons to contain on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you got Debo Samuel, George Kittle, 
Brandon Ayuk starting to play good. Elijah Mitchell will be playing today. And then uh, Trey Lance. I think uh, even if Garoppolo was playing Trey Lance or Garoppolo, it would be the same outcome. So, But it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Trey Lance comes out with and, and how he handles this pressure because it is a must-win game for the 49ers to, you know, get into the playoffs. Okay, the next matchup I have are the Arizona Cardinals who are, like, needing CPR to stay in this playoff situation. I really think that they do stay in this going up against the Dallas Cowboys while they are streaking as well. Two teams, two different directions, both of them headed to the playoffs. I'll go first. I think the Cowboys win this game. The Cardinals are struggling too much, especially the way that they played the Cowboys last year in this building. Uh, Kyler, I think he completed nine passes last year and had 400 yards you know, passing, I think it was like four or five touchdowns thrown. He was going crazy in Jerry's world. They put him right back at the same scene of the crime, but different attitude, different mojo of a defense. The offense is much more powerful. I'm going with the Cowboys to win this game in Dallas. Eric, your thoughts on this one, the Cardinals or the Cowboys in Jerry's world? Who do you like and why? Yeah, I'm with you here. I think the Cowboys take care of business against the floundering uh, Cardinals today. Uh, if this was in Arizona, I might be thinking a little otherwise, but uh, Dallas is tough to beat at home, and they're firing on all cylinders right now. It's going to be tough for the Cardinals to stop them. And I think they cover the spread. Like, who do you like in this matchup? And the spread, I did not say, is that six and a half? Yep, I, I agree with you. I think they cover that also. Mike, who do you like, the Arizona Cardinals or the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's world? So we had a nice little debate this past Wednesday on the cookout, 9 o'clock Eastern time every Wednesday night, with uh, Timus in the building and myself, and a lot of times Sirius jumps in with us as well. So, um, and the debate this past Wednesday was who needs this game more? And Timus and I were on one side, the villain and uh, the villain was on the other. Um, the Cardinals need this game, but just like you can't always get what you want, you don't always get what you need. Uh, you know, the song says if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. But uh, try and try as they might, the Cardinals will not today. I think the Cowboys win. I think the Cowboys cover. And to Eric's point, I think that if this game were in Arizona, I would probably still feel the same way looking at the home record for the Cardinals this year, they've actually played a lot better away from home than they have at home. I think that missing DeAndre Hopkins, uh, that line has not shown me that they can protect Kyler Murray, which is why he's getting banged up a lot. Um, and missing them, missing J.J. Watt and some pieces on that, uh, who's out, so some pieces on that defensive side of the ball. This is not the same Cardinals team that got off to such a fast start. Maybe uh, come playoff time they get some people healthy. Uh, this could be a different thing. This could very well be a preview of a week one matchup in the playoffs. We'll see. But I think the Cowboys win today and beat the Cardinals. Okay, so we'll get away from that. The next one are the Panthers and the Saints. Eric, I'll come to you first. This takes place in New Orleans. Well, New Orleans. Let me say it like that, like I'm from there, even though I'm not. But I got my brother here really? from that region. You understand? Look, look. So, so this is a very interesting situation. The, the quarterbacks in both of these games, like 
they got to do something. Eric, I'll let you go first. Cam or Ian Book, who do you like in this matchup and why? Well, I thought uh, Taysom Hill was going to be suiting up, so he isn't, huh? Wait, is Taysom set up the starter? I'll look that up. You might be right. Hold on. Let me let me go investigate. Yeah. Wait, well, go go off of what you heard. If Taysom's starting, then go go with Taysom. Do what you yeah, need to do. I'm sorry. Taysom's I apologize. Starting, I think, yep, I, I think the uh, Saints are going to win. They're at home. Uh, they are in a must-win situation as well, and I've just not seen too much uh, anything from uh, the car or the – Panthers, uh, you know, we had that one game that Cam Newton came back, had a great showing against the Cardinals, but since that game, it's been disarray there. So I, I think the Saints get it done and, uh, you know, fight for their playoff lives today. So, Michael, we'll go last on this one. I'm going with the Saints as well. I don't care how this looks, whether it's Sam Donald, whether it's Cam Newton, you have two quarterbacks, you have a problem, and it's beyond them. Uh, there was something that I think Eric, one of them said, Eric or Mike said, with the situation that happened that they're living with, old situations that happened previously, the quarterback that I could think that they're talking of is Sam Donald. Sam Donald will never change. I don't, I don't feel like he will get past that hump that, you know, Bill Belichick kind of pulled out of his body. I'm going with the Saints, whether Cam starts or Sam starts or P.J. Walker gets in there and starts, I'm not, I'm not bothered by any of it. I'm, I'm giving the leg up to the Saints to win this game. Uh, I, I, I think they cover. I don't want to say pretty handily, but I want to. <laughs> I really want to. Um, as bad as it is, um, and I, I try to support them as much as possible, Kim, if you can't put together an interesting passing game, I think your NFL career may be over. And I hate to be brutal to say this. The Saints need this to get into the playoffs or be in a playoff picture to go to 500. They're 7-8 and eight right now. I think the Saints win this game. Mike, how do you feel about this? The Panthers or the Saints, uh, your team is on the line right now. How about it? Well, it's interesting you mentioned the Cardinals game. I'm still blown away by the fact that Cam Newton has not, uh, at least had not until won a game as the starting quarterback for the Panthers uh, in his last, like, 14 or 15 starts or something ridiculous, going back to the last time that he was there. This Saints team has been very uh, frustrating at times to watch this year. There are some times that they look really good. Other times that they just look uh, very lost on offense. I've made uh, clear my views on that more than, <laughs> more than once this season. Uh, that being said, I believe that uh, this, you know, with this being a division game, a rivalry game, and the Saints after coming off, a very big win to start the season, got beat by Carolina, and Carolina was definitely, a lot of those players were working at him during, the, during that game in week two. Um, I think the Saints do get a little bit of revenge and at least win today to at least keep their playoff hopes alive for one more week. I'm not sure that this is a playoff team. They don't have all their pieces and everything in place. But I think considering all the different things that uh, they've gone through, they have managed uh, to at least have I guess a respectable season for the most part. They've had some good wins. I mean, they've had some very bad losses, too. Uh, but they'll at least be in the discussion as far as what-if scenarios or what could happen as far as who get what's, who can get the in the playoffs with this win and that win or whatever. So 
uh, the Saints will at least come across people's TV screens in the next week when you see all the playoff scenarios because they'll win today. Okay, the next matchup we have are the Seahawks up against the Lions at home in Seattle. Um, More or less on both sides of the ball, these teams are ravaged by injury. A lot of big names, at least for the Lions, uh, that they need are out. They had to pick up five more practice players to get on this roster to play today. While the same thing is happening with Seattle, they are dealing with a lot of doubtfuls and outs, uh, including – uh, Alex Collins, the running back, he's questionable. Uh, Brandon Shell is doubtful. Sidney Jones, the fourth, the corner is out. Uh, Damian Lewis, one of their offensive linemen, are out also. Um, this is one crazy game. I will go to you first on this one, Eric. We do have somebody in the calling click as well. Uh, and Jared Goff is not playing, correct? I'm actually looking for that. It doesn't show that he's out. Um, he was out last week, but it's looking like he is set to play. I'm trying to find more information on that. He can be potentially out. If he's out, this makes it even more dynamic. But that point total has gone up a point, so maybe he may he may have been ruled out. I'm looking for it, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to if – he, if he's playing, I'm definitely going with the Lions here. I mean, they still have a shot without him playing. But uh, in Seattle, uh, Seattle's just been in complete disarray this year. They blew that big lead and lost at the end of the game last week. So I just don't like what I'm seeing out of Seattle. I think uh, Russell, Russell Wilson is kind of checked out. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll, I think the air is coming to an end. And uh, they just got a lot of problems to overcome in Seattle. So uh, I like the Lions in this one for the upset. Here we go with one of them. Mike, how do you feel about this game? Lions visiting the Seahawks against the 12th man, and this is one injury-ravaged game, to say the least. Yeah, I think this is one of those games I, I talked about the other night that we got to be careful how much stock we put in all these games. and you know, These protocols and all these injuries are, are really starting to, uh, to complicate matters a lot. Uh, I do agree that it looks like some things uh, – there's some end of some errors going on in Seattle right now. But I I think that Russell Wilson, even if Goff plays, I think Russell Wilson is still the best uh, quarterback on the field. Maybe a little bit of auditioning because he wants to land somewhere else uh, next year. And so uh, I think if this game was in Detroit, I might have a different answer. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the home team in their home environment, uh, they have the best quarterback. And I'm going to say the Seattle Seahawks find a way to win today. Okay, Aaron, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon? What's going on, gentlemen? Happy New Year to you all. I'm not going to waste anybody's time. Honestly, for me, um, what this game comes down to is um, I think it's a matter of pride. I think it's – it hasn't gone the way the Seattle Seahawks have wanted it to. Um, they haven't been quite right since uh, Russell Wilson got hurt. Um, the Detroit Lions are, are playing for pride right now. They want to prove that they are better than the record would indicate. They, you know, had had some very, very close losses and very, very um, near misses um, this whole year. And, you know, a kick here, a plenty flag here, this may be a, a five six one ball club, 
um, and the whole tonality of this conversation will be different. Um, but the fact that it's at home and this could be the very last time we see the Russell Wilson-Pete Carroll combo in Seattle, I don't think they'll want to go out, you know, with the sour taste in their mouths. I think they want to get the 12, something to cheer about. Um, and so I'll pick a Seattle today. But, again, it wouldn't shock me if Detroit won this ball game. Uh, they're playing significantly better uh, than Seattle right now. So, again, it wouldn't shock me. But I'm picking Seattle just because the fact that they're at home and this is a, a kind of a last few all type of thing. Uh, what's the name of the church that you go to? Uh, Capital Community Church. Yeah, okay, I, I get it. I get it now. Okay, so I got to go there and then, like, try to fix something. So they, they humble this guy. Like, like this, this, is a whole, this is a whole different tune. I don't know what happened today or what the word was, but he's humble. He's talking nicely. I think he's bringing in a new year a different way. This is a new era, man. Like, like. I think he went to I think he went to McDonald's and like scraped the side or something, man. I don't know, man. Something something may have happened, you know. But the change of heart and, and just hearing the emotion out of this guy, like I I, I think I want to give him a hug or something, man. Life is harsh. Hug me. Don't reject me, you know. So the crazy part about this is it really depends on if God is playing. I don't trust uh, Boyle, the quarterback, at all. Like um the backup behind him, um just like he said. The Lions are playing for pride and, and more or less fighting for Dan Campbell. Like, a lot of these guys believe in him at the head coaching position. I'm kind of stuck with this scenario because I love this team, but it's like the way that Goff and Campbell started the season, I feel like they could have done much better. They started clicking. At the end of the season, I think they built this up in that Cleveland game up against the Browns and going into Pittsburgh and basically winning this game unless the kicker gets his stuff together. He missed an extra point. That's, that could have won the game. And then he misses the field goal that could have won the game. And then they started turning things around and having a better record in the month of December that they've had all season long. The one thing that has me going with the Lions in this game, I'm going with my team, is the Seattle Seahawks defense is pitiful. I've seen them live, even though it was preseason, they were giving up 10 yards a run. They were giving up 10 yards a run in the preseason game, and it doesn't like they look like they've turned over the corner yet. Like, it's still their defense, like, watching – offenses even coming into the 12th man stadium and get pummeled um if the lions just play as strong as they can this could be interesting i don't want it to come down to the last possession but they could steal this game and i'm going to go with my team in this one and, and the bad part about it is something that mike said we're seeing a couple of regimes come to an end is this the end of Pete carroll in seattle i know that there's already been talks about russell leaving I think Russell may want his way out of Seattle because nothing's really changing, even though him and Tyler Lockett are a dynamic duo. I love the way he could just reach him on any given time. If he has to step on somebody, it's a burner. Um, but nothing's changed, I, and I really feel like that Legion of Boom needed to come back. They don't have no defense to help them at all. It's a it's a gun show for him every game. I, I, I gotta, I'm going with the Lions, but um, i got to see more out of Seattle before I fully b- believe in them. The, the spread is at eight and a half. I'm not even like buying that at all. Like, like I feel like it could be a blowout if if the Lions are just giving them the ball. But if the Lions are playing how they were the past couple of games, this could be interesting. They could steal this game in the middle of Washington. The next matchup I have, and this is another NFC North matchup, uh, in which this game went down a different way the last time these two teams met. We have the. Minnesota Vikings going to Lambeau Field up against the Green Bay Packers. 
Um, the spread is set at 13. I think they think Aaron Rodgers is going to go absolutely wild. How do you guys feel about this matchup? I'll come to you first on this one, Aaron. The Vikings or Aaron? You know, man, honestly, for me, this is going to be the Vikings. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, the, the Packers. Um, the, the biggest thing is Kirk Cousins is going to be able to play due to COVID situations. Uh, Adam Thielen is gone for the remainder of the year uh, due to ankle surgery. Um, their offensive line hasn't been the best in the world all year. Their defense is pretty bad, and you got Aaron Rodgers looking to literally solidify now the number one seed, but possibly his his second consecutive MVP trophy. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it, it, it's going to be the Packers, and it's not going to be close. Okay, uh, Mike, how do you like this game, Vikings or Packers? Who do you like in this game, and why? So. For me, I mean, listen, it's it's Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson that have allowed the Vikings to move on up uh, in the standings. Uh, but no, I I think Kirk Cousins not being there is going to hurt, but I think even with Cousins on the field, listen, I picked the Packers earlier this year when these teams played, and, and Justin Jefferson, I guess, had other plans. But I, today at Lambeau, you know, kind of like what I mentioned before, but in uh, definitely a different division. This is a rivalry game, and I think the Packers get uh, some definite revenge today and win and take another step towards securing that number one season playoffs. Yeah, I, I can't see uh, Aaron Rodgers messing up now. He's at where he wanted to be uh, last year. I think they went 14-2 and or 13-3 and to 12-3 and right now. Same scene of the crime. And it's always historic that the Vikings always give the Packers a tough game, but this spread is too high. I think Vegas is up to no good. I think the Packers cover. With them covering, you already know my answer. Eric, who do you like in this matchup, Vikings or Packers, and why? Yeah, we're going for the clean sweep here. And, uh, yeah, Green Bay by far. Uh, even with Kirk Cousins playing the way that Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is playing, I, I don't think they get it done. Uh, they want to be the number one seed and I think they will get to it, and I think they uh, cover the spread today. Okay, last but not least, it is the Browns and Steelers, Monday Night Football, AFC North battle. I don't know what to do about this one. I'm not going to lie, since we got Humble Pie out of Aaron Simmons, I'm going to give him a couple of Humble Pie situations. Me and him have been arguing a good portion of a decade or more. Um, and I'm not going to lie, ever since I've seen this kid at the university or the Miami University, Miami of Ohio University, I became a big fan of Ben Roethlisberger because his senior year, I think he ran the table. They went undefeated, and he was incredible. I've never seen a quarterback like this, 6'5", 260. He could scramble. He's making all the throws. I'm like, this dude is awesome. He comes into the league. He has a sit behind Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox comes out week one, gets hurt. They lose. Ben Roethlisberger comes in week two and runs the table until they get to the playoffs. They go 15-1 and with this rookie quarterback. I love every last bit of Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not going to lie. All his off-field antics that people pick on as people are human at the end of the day, even though it's, it's some big news stuff that he did. But nevertheless, him as a football player, 
I love the guy. I can't lie. He did a lot in his career. It's unfortunate that the Steelers are struggling as a whole organization, including himself, including himself. Um, I didn't want to see it end like this, but hopefully this team pulls it together. I will go first. I'm going with the Steelers. They they can't do this to Ben. Don't let them lose this home game while that place is going crazy where even a terrible child, man. Don't do that. Because I've, I've really revisited the image of him losing last year in the playoffs and him just looking out at the field and thinking that it was over, and he gave this team one more shot this season. And um, Pittsburgh, I don't even see a quarterback that you have behind him, second or third, whether it's Rudolph or Haskins, that fills the shoes that this guy's put together since, what, 05? Like 16 years this guy gave me. Um, I'm going with the Steelers to go first. Um, I need you guys to give me your thoughts on this game. I'll get plugs and opinions uh, and closeouts at the end. Um, I'll go to you first on this one, Mike Browns or Steelers? Uh, so I haven't seen anything with the Browns other than Chubb to really impress me. I'm not impressed with their quarterback, but. Um, it's kind of disappointing because I think that both of these teams uh, were legitimate playoff contenders and look like it for a chunk of the season. Uh, but I think the Steelers win at home against the Browns. I'm going Eric, how do you feel about this matchup? Browns or Steelers and what? Uh, I think the Steelers get it done uh, for the reasons you mentioned, Timeless. Uh, there's a lot of pride in that team and in that city, and uh, they need to send Ben out, you know, at least uh, get these last two wins of the season, and I think they take care of the Browns. Last two wins and potentially try to sneak into the playoff, that would be crazy, too, if they could get it with a 9-7-1 season. That would be crazy. Um, Mr. Simmons, you know what to do? What, What do you like? Do you like Baker or do you like Benjamin? You're a funny guy, sir. You're a funny, funny guy. Not today, Satan. Um, oh, uh, any tomorrow, to be honest with you, I, I think that at the end of the day, um, the season hasn't gone the way we, you know, wanted it to. Um, but yet we are still on the doorstep of finding our way into postseason competition. Back time and culture tournament. So, um we are we we are on the precipice of this. I think this is an, elim- an elimination game for both teams. Uh, the loser officially mathematically gets eliminated. Um, it's Ben's last game at home. We ain't sending him out like that. I, I just I, I just have a hard time picturing uh, Big Ben going out like that. So I think we get it done. With that being said, I'm gonna get out of here. I got some things I have to take care of. I will catch up with you guys on the next one. God bless. Happy New Year to you all. We'll talk to you guys soon. Definitely. Um, I need plugs and closeouts from each of you. I will start with you first on this one, Mike. Give me a plug and closeout as we shut it down here at the brunch. Real quick, man. Uh, much appreciation to you, TP, as I say on a regular basis. Man, without you, I wouldn't be here, and I appreciate being allowed to uh, be part of the Sports City Chef family. Eric, man, it's always good to hear your voice on a Sunday morning. Easy E for real, man. You just got that uh those mellow, relaxed tones, man. Man, uh, it's always good to spend uh, 90 minutes on a Sunday morning with you. So, once again, uh, much respect to you and everything that you do as well. Uh, Mr. Simmons, always a pleasure, sir. And uh, 
So you guys, Sports City Chefs has a lot of dynamic stuff. We got the NFL Roundup on Monday nights, the cookout on Wednesday nights, and then the crossover cafe on Thursdays, and, of course, the brunch on Sunday. So check out the shows, go to the website, check out Finger Foods and all that. Also, the clubhouse on Clubhouse, the barbershop with 4,000 strong and growing and uh, continuing to grow there. So uh, Timeless and uh, Sirius and myself and several people over there, lots of good personalities and good sports discussions. Listen, even if you um, don't really have a lot of time to interject and talk, you can definitely uh, listen in with us. And a lot of times we have breaking news in there. So, you know, uh, jump on there and uh, join in with us for part of your work day and let us keep your company in the barbershop as well. And follow us there. Got a lot of cool things happening uh, there and some merchandise as well. So check us out, man. Much love. And as they always say in Louisiana, man, happy new year. Uh, to everybody out there, Happy New Year to you fellas, and I look forward to continuing to chop it up with you guys here in 2022. Definitely. Eric, shut this thing down. Let's get up out of here, bro. As always, it's a pleasure, gentlemen. Much love and respect. Timeless, serious, Mike. And uh, thanks to all our listeners and supporters out there, sportscitychefs.com. Check out all the shows, the blogs, the merchandise. Happy New Year. And everybody have a blessed day out there. Uh, I love you guys. You and my brothers for real, no matter what. I've been through a lot this past year. Hopefully 2022 turns things around. We stick through the storm and get better as days go by. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Uh-huh.